Welcome back, Period to Pause listeners. Well, today I have a treat for you. I have two of the loveliest human beings on the planet on my podcast, Danny and Keely. Not only are they in a relationship, they're life partners, they also run an incredible company called Coming Out Happy. Today, we talk about the LGBTQ plus community and the importance of mental health, as well as how they help to support people to find a community to change the systems and structures which so badly need changing and to help the LGBTQ plus community navigate healthy, happy relationships in their personal lives and in the workplace. We have such a beautiful conversation and I want you to stay to the very end where each of them talk about what gives them hope today. Now let's dive in with these just incredible, incredible souls. We have a special treat on today's podcast. We are recording right now in Pride Month or Pride Awareness Month around the United States. And we have two amazing individuals who are here. Keely and Danny, welcome. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yay. And so we are going to talk about really the LGBTQIA or LGBTQ plus community and things that the community is facing really around their own health and health care. And we're going to talk about healthy relationships. And so let's just start a little bit around the support that the community needs to really live healthily and their own mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great place to start. Thank you so much for the intro. And we're so happy to be here. I would say that right now, the current state of LGBTQ plus mental health and just where things are at, like it's at an all time. Let's look at it. It's very important. We're trying to do as much as we can in the corporate space with individuals. And I see that the statistics for LGBTQ plus people are so much higher than our heterosexual counterparts of struggling with mental health. So just to give you an example, lesbian, gay, bisexual are two times more likely to struggle with their mental health than heterosexual counterparts and transgender people are four times more likely. And then also LGBTQ plus people are the most targeted perpetrators of hate crime. So when you look at all of that right there, you know that there's a lot of work to be done. And then the political climate right now isn't helping Mm. so much. So I know a lot of corporations are doing what they can to support their employees to get them to move to a different state if that aligns more with safety. I think something that we've been talking about a lot is that our safety is something that's constantly being at risk and Mm. it depends on what location we're in. I know we've had clients from all over the world. I believe it's still illegal. Maybe this point in time, don't quote me completely on this, but I believe it's still illegal in 69 countries to be part of the LGBTQ bus community. A lot of it's a death penalty criminalized. Mm -hmm. I mean, in all of these spaces. So when you're looking at this outside force of society and what it looks like on a larger scope, I mean, it's you're constantly facing these attacks. You're seeing things in the headlines. You're having to go to work. You're still having to operate in this society and figure out how to take care of yourself. And so I'm going to let you lead in a little bit to what we've been doing the last couple of years to really support the community, what we've seen. I think something so unique about our perspective is that we've been so hands-on with them and seen the root. We also are queer ourselves. So we understand what it's like to grow up in the society where you may not always feel accepted and the effects on the mental health. Honestly, the deepest studies possible on really how 
queer people are just being affected in society. But like at the root of everything has been the rejection that many of us have faced our whole lives, whether it was from work or our families or school, like, yeah, all these different aspects, culture, like whatever it is, we've felt like we didn't belong. And so all of those different moments and then all of those different really interesting aspects of creating relationships and discovering our gender, like all these different things play into a part of like how our mental health has really been affected by it. And so what we've been doing, focusing on that root of rejection is we've created what's called the pride method, which is really our system that helps take people from feeling just insecure about themselves, feeling like they don't belong anywhere, feeling like they just are missing something within themselves because there was a really big detachment from themselves, from society, because many of us grew up just having to play a different role in society, pretending like we were someone that we're not. I was going to say too, as a somatic attachment therapist, I had this interesting lens of seeing that the attachment to ourselves was severely wounded because when you put on a mask and you pretend to be somebody else and you go into these spaces, you're so disconnected from that version of yourself. And so a lot of what we do through the pride method is bringing that person back to who they are and reconnecting and soothing that wounded attachment and showing them how to regulate their nervous system and get back into their bodies because we live in the survival mode for so long that it creates chaos in our life and we actually look for it. We are getting into relationships where we love the chase and we love the push and pull because we're so used to that and it feels boring or just wrong to not have that. And it affects so many areas And I think specifically seeing that and being able to create, show people how they can actually have healthy relationships and they don't have to be so stuck in what they've been through. They can actually transform some of these different stories, some of, and all of it's valid, but allowing them to be free from Mm -hmm. that, connect with themselves and have better mental health and to have healthier relationships. I think something we believe so deeply at Coming Out Happy is that your relationships affect the quality of your life. And if you can create better relationships, you have better support and you can become the person that you want to be. So I know we went off on a little tangent there in so many different ways, but... What I'd love, Keely, could you just for the audience who's listening, just to ground people, explain what a somatic attachment therapist is in case that's the first time people have heard that terminology? Yeah, absolutely. So what you see a lot in our society now is a lot of traditional talk therapy where people are traditionally talking about whatever they're going through, maybe going on a weekly basis and seeing you could spend a lot of time in talk therapy, but something that's always been missing from that aspect is looking at how our body responds. And so soma is referring to the body. Somatic attachment can be, and I think it's not all inclusive all the time. And we can look at it from many different ways, but it gives us a framework to understand a little bit more about how we operate, whether your caregivers supported you, whatever that may have looked like, early attachment, being nurtured, being taken care of, and even into our own relationship with ourselves. So those two together, we look at the body and how the body's responding to these different situations 
Let me just give you an example to bring it into a real life context, because I know it can seem very confusing. I've studied this for a while and still there's some pieces where it's harder to explain. So a real life example could be, let's talk about healthy relationships. Let's just say you want to be in a healthy relationship, but you notice every single time that your partner goes and spends time with someone, you feel so jealous. You know, they're not doing anything wrong. Mm. You know that they're just going to spend time and it's so important to have individuality, but your body's freaking out almost in the sense thinking that you're going to be abandoned. So in that case, we get to work with the body and soothe that maybe abandonment wound, that part of you where you have these different kinds of tools to know how to regulate and bring your body back into, okay, in that moment back in time, I was feeling abandoned, but at now I'm safe and you recreate this relationship with yourself. So somatic attachment therapy is repairing the attachment wounds that we've had throughout our entire life. I hope that was a clearer example. Yeah, I think super helpful. Where I want to also bring us back into is thinking about what you've just shared with us around the societal systems and structures that weren't set up for queer people to begin with. And then we have these, you're kind of, I'm going to paraphrase here, sort of describing the two of you are describing all of this like out of body experience. You're not within your body, within your Mm -hmm. soma. How do you see this showing up in terms of behaviors in the workplace and creating safety? Mm, Yeah, this is showing up so much. I'll throw out a statistic for you right now. 46% of LGBTQ plus professionals are still closeted and less than 1% of LGBTQ plus professionals are in those C-suite leadership roles. So right there, those numbers, I'm like, we got to do something. That's why we Mm -hmm. also need the corporate space. I think Danny and I, if it was an ideal world, we'd love to work specifically with the LGBTQ plus community. But in order to change systems, but to make these things happen. Yes. That means going to the larger root of these corporations and educating people, doing ally trainings is what we do, going in and speaking on these different topics, providing identity informed resources, because we're seeing we've worked with the employees, we've worked with all of them, and they are struggling at work at the end of the culture. Because of the culture that's been created by people who are not a part of the community. Yeah. And I think to not having the language, that inclusive languaging to better understand, I think people, a lot of times we think we go to work and we're just those working professionals, but we're still human and it's a human first culture. And so when we can provide that and show people how to one, treat people, how to have inclusive languaging, how not to assume all these things about people's personal lives. I mean, I tell the story all the time. I was just speaking at the human rights campaign workshop series two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I was talking a lot about how I left corporate because of that reason. And I walked away because there were so many assumptions about, do you have a boyfriend? And immediately Mm. made it very clear to me that I could not be my authentic self, especially many of the comments that our the colleagues were saying. And I think companies are starting to realize that I believe it's 7.2% of the population now identifies as LGBTQ+, 50% of Gen Z. It's going to continue to be something where we're coming into these spaces. I mean, we've always been here, but people are coming out more and more. And it's something that we need to focus on. And that's what we're doing in corporations right now is providing that inclusion piece from a holistic standpoint of belonging for everybody. That's allies, LGBTQ plus people, all marginalized groups, figuring out what that really looks like to all come together and look at our lived experiences and go, I may not fully understand you, but I'm going to do everything I can to educate myself and be supportive so that you don't feel alone. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And thank you for sharing it. I had a recent podcast guest named her name is Sabia Wade. And she was talking about how if we can fix the problems of the most marginalized communities, then once we have those new systems and structures in place, that helps everybody to thrive. It's not like, oh, we're just helping the LGBTQ plus community and nobody else benefits. Like I was talking to her and I said, it's not pie. It's not like I take a slice and then you don't get anything else. This is something where if we can create that inclusivity and a sense of belonging and everything else, this positively affects everyone plus organizations. Oh, yeah. For organizations, right? They want to look at the bottom line. If you look at the buying power that the LGBTQ plus community has, if you look at recruitment and talent, I mean, what really sparked within us was doing workshops and working with this company and then them telling us, sorry, we don't have the budget for next year, but we'd love to help you have us recruit new Mm -hmm. LGBT talent. And to us, that's not aligned. (laughs) No. So it's Mm -hmm. a really interesting dynamic, but what we're really here to do is change the system and support our own community (laughs) to do the different things that are required for real change in the world. And build that community because I think so many of us have felt alone. And I know that many of our clients live in the South. They live in places where it's not fully accepted and they don't have queer community that they openly see and get together with. I'll share this story from last weekend. We just had our first ever queer self-love retreat. We had people fly in from all over the US. It was so beautiful. Uh, It was so fun. I'm still like full (laughs) from it. It was amazing. But seeing people that have grown up in religion, have grown up in places where they rejected and their families have disowned them and they don't have people that really care about them. But seeing that we've worked with these people and they've learned how to hold space for other people Mm -hmm. and they've learned how to have healthy relationships these people walked away from this event just feeling so fired up, feeling like I can do this. Like many of them were quitting their jobs. They were finding different things that they can do, going after their passions because it takes one person to believe in you. And that changes everything. So if we can provide that for even just one person, I'm happy. Like that's That's how change happens. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. For the two of you identifying as queer and also navigating your own spaces right now, how do you two manage and protect yourselves and your mental health? Because this work is hard, right? Like every day seeing what's coming at, I'm a cisgendered, heterosexual white woman for people who can't see me, but I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast know that. So I set a certain level of privilege, right? And I watch what's going on in states like my home state of Iowa towards the trans community, Florida. I mean, God, we could go on and on and on about what's happening in terms of eroding rights for not only women, but for the LGBTQ plus community as well. How do you two navigate this, doing all of this really, really, really important, but sometimes very hard work and helping each other and yourselves too from a mental health perspective? Yeah. I think the first thing I want to say is that while Keely and I are a part of the queer community, we also are privileged in our own way. We're also white. We're also cisgender. and Straight passing in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I think we still hold those different privileges, which obviously affects how we show up in the world, how people perceive us, those different aspects. But I think the way that we take care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally is having the support of each other, having the support of our own communities and really leaning on that as love, as support, as just the continuous like 
drive, I think, to keep going. And so there are definitely a lot of resources that we use. I mean, it's not easy to do this and to keep feeling like we were just on a podcast earlier. It's like we've been working very hard for a bunch of years on making these different changes. And a lot of the times we don't feel like we can be making the impact that we want to, but we still need to keep going because this is so important to us and to Mm. our community and all of this that, you know, like even when things feel like absolutely everything is going wrong, we still know that it's not about giving up. We're doing this for the greater purpose and we are going to continue to figure out how to make it possible. So it has been extremely important for us to take care of ourselves in so many different ways. Yeah. And I would say more on a daily level, what that looks like is having routines that support us. I mean, I love to surf. So being in the ocean, that's also a privilege living by the ocean, but like being in the ocean, being by water, allowing myself to recharge and have outlets that I really do pour into. I was a college athlete. I played soccer. I played semi-professionally here in San Diego, and I've always had some kind of team or something that I was a part of. So going to different classes, I do a lot of yoga, like allowing my body to actually reset and slow down a lot of meditation and just being with myself. I think something that really recharges me as well and gives me that time to go back into all of this is reading, learning, taking that time. We also really do check in with ourselves. We've been supporting clients either in a one-on-one or group setting for the last three years. And we actually recently just took a break from our coaching because we need to reset in order to go into the corporate space. Mm -hmm. So I think each time really, it just depends on where the world's at, but we're constantly checking in with one another and seeing how we can support each other because we're not only running this business together, we're in a relationship and we're partners in life. So if one is feeling that heaviness, I mean, I know I was feeling it more than you in that sense of coaching and we both go together. We both figure out how we can step in this new direction and fully support each other. And that's just our relationship is priority in all of this. So Mm. what would you say for folks who may not know where to go to find the support they need or to build the community they need in order to get the support. What suggestions would you have for them, particularly if folks are in maybe a rural part of America and they just maybe don't see others around them that are like them? Yeah. Well, if you're talking about people in the queer community, what I would say is definitely follow Coming Out Happy. That's definitely the place to start. We have a podcast, which is one of our resources that is available for free for people to listen to all around the world. And I think there are a lot of really beautiful communities that people are building online. There's also a lot of conferences that people are hosting specifically for LGBT and allied people. So there are a bunch of ways to get involved online with just education around mental health for LGBT people. Did you have anything you want to say? Well, I was going to say, like, if you're looking for more locally physical locations, seeing if there's an LGBT center nearby, Mm -hmm. seeing what kind of events they're hosting. I think the most important thing is community. We heal in community Mm -hmm. and knowing that you're not alone. That's one of the things we've seen help tremendously seeing Mm -hmm. that people are in these environments and they go, wow, I see someone that's like me or they have a similar story. I really can relate and I can feel this sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Something also that like we went in a bunch of different directions to try to figure out like how we wanted to support our community. Another way that we've done it is through creating conversation cards oh, yeah. and it's for LGBTQ plus couples. And we're just trying to figure I love out that, yeah. <laughs> but it's a beautiful way of cultivating these relationships. Sometimes we don't know what to say to each other and it's 
purposeful. It's intentional. It's trying to create these relationships as best as possible in a safe way, even yeah. for couples. It's like, sometimes you're not ready for a certain level of vulnerability, but this takes you through three different parts so that you can go deeper with the more time that you want to go and all these different things. Yeah. So it's a can really- you, Just out of curiosity, can you read one of the cards? You don't have to answer the card, but can yeah. you just read one of the card, one or two of the cards for yeah, folks yeah. so they get an idea of what's on there? Yeah. And not yeah. all of them are yeah. queer, but like some of them in each category are because there's just important ones. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bunch that really just are about getting to know people. And so I wanted to read this one because I think this starting is out level three intimate, <laughs> just to give you one of the deeper questions. It's have I ever held you back from a dream or a goal and how? And I think like answering that it's question, pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, answering that question will take you to a different level. Getting if yeah. you're honestly and both people or anyone in the relationship can answer the question. And it's really nice to be able to go back and forth and just to learn more about whoever it is that you're with. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, another question that is more queer that people would like is what's a experience from childhood that you look back on and you go, wow, that was really queer. So just some of these different points of, can you relate and understand what the queer experience is like to really connect people? Yeah. But I think our community really loves it because it was created by a queer couple and it's made for a queer couple. So it's a really relatable product. (laughs) I think that's awesome. I love it. I mean, just getting to that level of vulnerability that sometimes you forget to get to with your partner, your intimate partner, or even friends. I mean, even friends that are in your community, I think is so important, particularly as we continue to build connection in this world. Is there anything about your work at Coming Out Happy with regards to group, individuals, corporate that we haven't touched upon yet that you feel is really important for people to hear today? Hmm. I don't know if there's anything else. I feel like we touched on so many amazing points. We're working on a book right now. We want our resources to be more accessible to everybody. We want to put this information out there because I know that this mind-body connection that we teach through just the queer lens and perspective of attachment is life-saving. And I want everyone to have the resources for that. So we're working on getting that out in different forms. And also just We're really excited to be building community in person even more. The last few years, we've been doing strictly online. And so being able to be in person and build that community, hopefully in more places than just San Diego, I think is something that we're really excited about. And then also to be continuously diving more into corporate and changing that landscape and just continuing to be involved in these things that may not be easy, but will definitely be worth it. So I'd say like, For anyone listening who's a part of the community or not, I would say we're really trying to create a culture of belonging and empathy and understanding of really just everyone. So I would just say be kind to everyone and love one another because you really have no idea what someone's going through because that's really one of the most interesting things. Like regardless of how it is you identify, a lot of us are going through our own unique struggles. So I think more true in this world. Yes. Now, before I ask you the final question that I ask all of my guests, can you just share again one more time where people can find you? So your socials, your website, all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Our website's comingouthappy.com. Our Instagram is comingouthappy. And then if you want to follow us on TikTok too, we're a lot of fun over there. Coming out happy. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. I need to follow you on TikTok. I'm so bad on TikTok. I'm no, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real platform. You know, people are just posting the realest of 
everything. I think it's a really fun platform to be on. It really helps you get to know people for who they are. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So I'm going to ask you each the final question. And so you both get to answer separately. And the question is, what gives you hope right now? Okay. I got this. Oh boy. (laughs) The thing that gives me hope for life for everything is love. And that's as simple as I think I can take it like from this retreat, from speaking to my family, from speaking to corporate, I think what's needed more in this world is just pure love. And that gives me hope for every change that needs to happen in this world. It doesn't matter if it's in corporate or with a human being in any way. I think love is the answer to so many different things that are happening, good and bad and everything. So that's for me. All right. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. (laughs) What gives me hope right now is looking back on like both of our inner child and who we were before. I never thought that I would be here. I never thought that I would be out. I grew up in a very religious environment. So seeing that I'm able to like fully immerse myself in this work and be able to support people is something that I know will continue to keep me hopeful and reminding myself that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Danny too. I'm sure you never thought you'd be here. (laughs) And just allowing yourself to really just keep pushing forward because at the end of the day, I'm thinking about that younger version of myself. I'm thinking about all the next generation, what it looks like for people to continue to grow up in a world that's fully accepting and to know there's representation and they're not alone. Mm, Both such beautiful answers. Thank you both for being here. You're such beautiful souls and we honor you and the work that you're doing. And this is so, 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 so needed. And so I hope everybody who's listening goes and checks you out, starts following you, joins your community and supports you in a lot of different ways. So thank you for being here. And as we say here at Period to Pause, continue to go out there to educate, to rise, vocalize and mobilize. And we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to a Period to Pause podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, you can go ahead and skip that step. And remember to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And go check us out on Instagram and Clubhouse. Oh, and don't forget to tell another woman in your life that you support her, and it only takes one tiny action to lead to big change. See you next time. Now for a quick disclaimer, all of the information and views you hear on a period to pause podcast are purely the opinions of the host and her guest. They are not medical advice or treatment recommendations. The content of this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Always seek the guidance of your physician or qualified healthcare professional for any recommendations specific to you or for any questions you may have specific to your health, mental health, your sleep patterns, or changes to diet and exercise or any medical conditions.